sold a house, bought a ticket to the West Coast. Now he gives them a stand-up routine in L.A. Hello there, all gathers. Got another week on tap here. This is, of course, Lollygagging Sports. I am your host, Bo Reed, along with my co-hosts, Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. And if, Samantha, if, if I know you as well as I think you do, you're still dancing to some Billy Joel there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I Guys, I don't necessarily know every week what music he's going to choose. I love when we get something new. I'm a fan of Billy Joel. I like it. Absolutely. <laughs> Into it. All right, well, it is, it is Thanksgiving week. Um, you know, and one thing, you know, Samantha, I, I think that we would be thankful for had we, had we gotten it, uh, would be some, you know, significant baseball news. And obviously there's been some baseball news, but I, I dare to say it's not significant baseball news. I mean, like the highlight so far this week was a pitching coach hire and a front office hire. That's about it. Yeah, it's been pretty slow. You know, the Angels are trading away pitching, so that's pretty predictable. Um, <laughs> and not acquiring pitching, and you know, Albert Pujols, you know, probably turned 135 and won Comeback Player of the Year, so that was cool. That was that was a good thing. Otherwise, entirely too quiet. It, okay, am I wrong here? Um, I'm going to bring you in on this as well, because I very well could be wrong, and I want to hear both of you, I want to hear your opinions on this, but isn't it a little weird for Verlander to just sweep? Right? He, he gets he gets Cy Young, he gets Comeback Player of the Year. I feel like that should have been one or the other proposition. Yeah, I, I mean, the other Cy Young candidates for the American League were not great, so I kind of get that, but I feel like if you're going to get the Cy Young, then maybe... Like, let someone else have a turn. Like, I don't know. I don't like doubling up awards. Like, the worst is when the Cy Young and the MVP, you know, like, let's not have that. Let's not, unless Otani did it. That would be cool. I would get on board with that. But otherwise, yeah, like, don't be greedy. And one award to a person, there's not that many of them. It's, it's just like, like okay, if, if you're good enough to win Cy Young, I mean, maybe, maybe you, it's, it, do you really qualify for a comeback player of the I mean, year? that's a very valid point. Like, did the year that Adrian Peterson won it in the NFL, did he also win MVP that year? Like, because I feel like that would have been weird if that happened. I feel like he didn't. Like, I remember him being this very deserving comeback player of the year award recipient, but then there was talk of MVP, and it was like, okay, calm down. Calm down. Enough. Like, (laughs) it's one or the other, man. (laughs) I mean, let's also be honest here. Um... Uh, about this, like, he came back from Tommy John. Okay, he came back from Tommy. What is what is so special about that? Baseball players I, have Tommy John all the time. Yeah, like I don't know. Like I feel like he was good before, and he was good after, and he was often between having Tommy John, which is like fine. Okay, good for him. He won a side on. He deserved it. But, like, big comeback player of the year, don't you really have to be, like, really, really down? Mm-hmm. Like, not just one more guy who got the same surgery as everyone else. I mean, it's not like he had, like, a list rank or something, you know, where it takes, like, two years and nobody knows if you're really right. ever going to be right again or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. just, like, mm-hmm. stop being greedy. Yes. You don't want to work. Like, settle down. 
don't think there's any question he's worthy. He, he deserves a Cy Young award. He, he was the best well, pitcher yeah, in the American League. So, so don't don't you know? I'm sure there's some, there's some Astros fans out there that still listen to our program that are probably mad at me right now because I'm picking on another Astro. But that's not what that, that's not that's that's not what this is though. Like 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 he's he's very deserving of that Cy Young. It's 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 the comeback player of the year that kind of hurts. Irby, how about you? What what do, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, I'm 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 in agreement of the issue with the comeback, just because this is not comeback from a down 2021. It's a non-existent 2021. It's a non-existent 2020. So what is he coming back? I mean, I'm with you guys. Is he coming? It's it's comeback from an injury because I've always thought it was a comeback. You know, redefining your career, refiguring out your career. And the last time he had a full season, 2019, he won the Cy Young. So Cy Young injured Cy Young. No, I don't see comeback player in there. I, I, I'm with y'all. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of that. Just because it is a now, I can get on board like last season where we had was that Trey Mancini got it, and that's coming back from something totally different than Tommy John surgery. So well, no, I'm doubling up. That's the whole problem. Yes. Yes. Also, well, but I. I the, the thing is, is if he had, let's say Verlander last year pitches and he and he's below five, he's Patrick Corbin. Let, let's let's go there. We 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 talk about we we awarded Patrick Corbin last week a, a trophy. Patrick Corbin next year, if he, I'm sorry, I'm going to try and say this, <laughs> if he suddenly figures it out and can win 20 games and strike out 300, he could win comeback player and Cy Young because he led the league in losses. And then, then a year later, not years later, not multiple years, one year later, if he can go from that to being the best pitcher next year, sure, I'm okay with you getting both awards. But but it's not – no, no, this is not I, – I, you missed the season. It wasn't an injury. It's not you – know, I, I, yeah, no. I At this point, I mean, it, you would think Brett Favre would have had five or six comeback player of the years in the NFL. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just thinking about all the times he was retiring and then coming back and how that would technically be a comeback player of the year. <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> well, all award jokes aside, um, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit. I know we don't have a lot of news here um, with this baseball offseason, but I am curious, uh, which teams... And what, well, let's go with one. Which team? Give me a single team. Samantha, we'll start with you. Give me a single team that you're most intrigued by going into this offseason. I'm not picking a single team. You can't make me. Um, <laughs> I, Where's my meat? I mean, oh, so, there it is. <laughs> I mean, I, the Dodgers are always interesting, and I think they're particularly interesting this year um, because of. Uh, some changing of the guard there. But the two teams, there's two teams that I'm primarily interested in for this, and it's Baltimore and Texas. Because those are two teams that I think are on the cusp of something, that will have money to spend, that are headed in the right direction, and might end up in a very, very different position than they were in this year. I think they're both kind of, like, ready. So they're the ones I'm most interested in, because they're they're going to be able to get out there and do some stuff this offseason that is going to, uh, let's say, help their cause along and, and, and get them there a little bit quicker. But they're already headed in the right direction. So I, I prefer teams who are in transition to this as opposed to 
a team like the Dodgers, where, yes, so it's interesting that they were good before, they're going to be good again, but I want to see these teams that I think are kind of on the cusp of something, what are they going to do to officially put themselves into the conversation for contention? You know, Irby, what I find interesting uh, about the Orioles in particular, uh, it's it, this is not an ownership group that spends a lot of money. I mean, I, I know that they they, they, <laughs> they signed Chris Davis to that really, really awful contract. Uh, so they have in the past, but I get a sense, you know, just listening to some of the things that they have said, well, they were, of course, saying that throughout the, the regular season when the Orioles were contending much deeper in the season than we were expecting them to. Um, so a lot of it could have been emotional and this and that, but there was a lot of talk about how they were going to dip into the deep end of this offseason. And now it's time to, of course, put your money where your mouth is and actually do it. But I'm intrigued by the Warriors as well. Irby, how about you? Uh, yes, love that addition there at Baltimore. Um, I know that at the end of the day, you, one could sit here and go, well, you know, it's six, four, they finished fourth place 16 games out. Yeah, well, the Yankees were, I mean, that, that was falling off. We saw how Baltimore was rising up. I mean, there, there was a time where we're sitting here thinking, are the Orioles going to finish second in this division? You know, it, because Tampa and Toronto just weren't getting the job done. So, yes, I love the addition of, of Baltimore here with the youth that they have, with the fact that, we may be on the, the, the cusp of seeing them develop a starting pitcher. You know, no. things like that. Uh, yeah, it's possible. They're sitting there. They're sitting <laughs> there. This could be the year that we get a starting pitcher coming out of. So, yeah, longer the days of the Chris Davis contract, the having to let Manny Machado walk because you signed Chris Davis, those are over. Those, those Baltimore days are over. And – there is a possibility, and, and it's not like it's a long, long history. I mean, it's been a bad since 2017. <laughs> it's been pretty bad. Um, but the bright side, and you don't get to say this really at all in baseball, but the Baltimore Orioles, and I know y'all are going to make fun of me here, and that's okay. The Baltimore <laughs> Orioles last year won more games than the last two seasons combined. I'm just Samantha. Can you figure out where we're going to make fun of him there? I mean, all he did was state a fact. Well, one of those was a COVID year where we only played sixty games. But whatever. Oh, right. Whatever. <laughs> that makes it a little easier to get the job done. But still, that's oh, a man. fun little nugget of seventy-seven wins between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty-one. They won eighty-three last year. Well, see, 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 there you go. See, I have successfully blocked. 2020 out of my head. This is fantastic. I completely forgot about 20. Never mind. You know, uh, <laughs> Smith, anything you want to add here? No, no, I'm good. Okay, Irby, how about you? Who is your one team, which I guess can be three now that Smith has done it? Uh, <laughs> who are you intrigued by this offseason? Well, I, I obviously one of them. I, I'll piggyback also what Samantha said with the Rangers, um, and that's just from a pure selfish standpoint. Yes, I'm very curious, and it's not my money; it's some billionaires' money. So spin, 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 boys. Um, but the one team that I that I'll, I'll, I'll touch in here that it's very interesting to see where they go from here. Um, it would be the San Francisco Giants. This is an organization where. Yes, the, the, the wonderful success of 2010, 2012, 2014. And then it, you know, there was a little bit as you get to 2016. And then it all kind of fell off after that. And, and from 2017 until 2021, we, they were non existent. But then last year, 
you know, we're sitting there talking about these guys. Yeah, they might compete for third, and they win 107 games. They get knocked out in the divisional series, but still, it was a giant team that were like, wow, look at them put it all together. And then you let Kevin Gaussman walk. Yes, there's some great young pitching in this organization, but last year was a average year by pure definition. They finished 81 and 81, third in that division. And now you sit here with potentially your number one pitcher walking again in, in Rodon. And, and I know Logan Webb and, and, and there's some youth, but still, this is a Giants thing. And then we hear the news this week where they're out here entertaining Aaron Judge this week. I This is just – I'm very curious to see the Giants, where they go, because this feels like 2022 could be a hiccup and they can get right back into this conversation. Or – we might look back at the, if they don't figure something out, they don't make a signing, if Rodon walks and they don't get any big fish and they take another step back, we're going to look back at 2021 and be like, how did they do that? Like, what an outlier. You know, I, um, Samantha, first of all, anything you want to add to what everybody was saying there? Uh, no, really, no. But, I mean, it is an interesting team, which I kind of wasn't paying much attention to them until they kept coming up in the judge rumors. And I thought, huh, yeah. that's really interesting. I was not expecting them to be part of this thing. Who knows how serious they really are in the judge sweepstakes. I mean, we don't know where he's going. He may just go right back to New York. Um, although, if I were him, I would run screaming uh-huh. um, yeah. from them. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, it, it would be a, a big commitment for a team like the Giants in a situation where I don't know if it makes sense, but it is kind of intriguing, and like Gertie said, you know, are we going to end up looking back at that year and going, wow, that was just a weird, fluky thing? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I, I feel like we don't know that yet. We'll have to see what they do. You know, I'm just going to throw it out there, but I think the odds of Judge in San Francisco is higher than Radon going back to San Francisco. I yeah, I agree with that. You know, it, it just seems like I mean, it, it's such a quick pivot. I understand, like you know, you know, it's Aaron Judge, but if I, if I'm Rodon, if I'm sitting there from in Rodon's camp, and I'm like, you know, you kind of pivoted to to him, I'm still sitting here unsigned. You know, I, I feel like I'd be a little irked about that, but you know, that's that is. Oh yeah, is. I think I agree with you. I think the message there is clear. Yeah, <laughs> we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Rodon's gonna be fine. He's 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 got plenty of suitors, including oh, yeah. including the billionaires that Irby just mentioned there in Arlington. Um, so I want to stay in the AL West here. Um, I, uh, I I really only have one team to add to this conversation because I'm intrigued by all of those teams that you guys have been talking about. But there's really only one that that I want to add to this conversation, and that's Seattle, because the Mariners figured some things out last year. I don't think there's any question about that. They figured some things out. But they're obviously not there. Now, they've got – I think they've got some starting pitching to compete with Houston, especially if Houston ends up losing Verlander. But there's still a lot of pieces that need to be filled. They need to get better in, the, in their bullpen. The back end of their bullpen needs to get better. They need to be able to hold on to leads in game one of the division series instead of blowing it late in the game. They need a little bit more offense. I mean, J-Rod's fantastic, but, but you got to get more – pop in the middle of that order. So looking at where they're at, looking at how they closed the season, which in their case was the postseason, 
You look at you guys mentioned Texas. Texas is going to spend some money this offseason. They're looking at pitching, 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 maybe even adding a big bat in the middle of that order. Texas is going to come on strong. It's, I think it's a very important offseason for the Mariners because if they don't keep up with the Astros, if they don't keep up with what the Rangers are about to do, more than likely, at least all indications are spending-wise, then this last year very well, instead of being that promising next step, could be a one-and-done. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's it's a really intriguing situation for them. I mean, in some ways, I, I think they're kind of not in a great spot because, like, Houston's not going anywhere. I Even if we think, okay, they'll take somewhat of a step back because, well, almost everybody does after they win the World Series, right? Like, right. they usually don't win two in a row, and they don't look like one of those teams that's just going to be a, a juggernaut. Provisional World Series, sorry. Forgot to put the... Um, yeah, don't forget that. On that. Provis- Provisional World Series. But, but Texas is coming. You know, I mean, we can all ignore the, you know, Los Angeles Angels of California, Tijuana, Anaheim, whatever. That's, I mean, we all know what they're going to do, and they're going Baja. to keep Maybe doing Baja. what they always do. Baja, <laughs> Baja Angels. Um, but, like, you have a problem if you're Seattle, because if your big splash was to basically come on in the second half, embarrass yourselves in the playoffs, only to get, what, like, passed by Texas because they have better pipeline talent than you do, like, and they're willing to spend the money. Like, you can't, like, okay, the starting pitching is probably fine, could use a little help. They need a lot of help in the back end of the bullpen, like you said. And also, like, I mean, Julio Rodriguez is amazing, but he's one guy. Mm -hmm. Like, there are a lot of people who are offensive starters on that team who are, it's not like you need to replace everybody, but like there are plenty of spots where you could upgrade and you're going to have to, because otherwise like you're right back where you started with Houston. Now, now Texas is a problem. Like, I don't think, I mean, look at who was in the wild card race this year. Baltimore is coming, you know, Boston's probably going to be back. New York's not going anywhere. Cleveland's not going anywhere. The White Sox might be better. Like, those wild card spots are not going to come easy either. And and wouldn't that be kind of embarrassing to end up in third place in your division? Like they need a lot of work just to keep up. It's a rough spot to be in. Yeah. You know, and, and Irby, I, I, I get, I, if I were a Mariners fan, I, I think that what would probably scare me the most is it, all of the publicity, everything about the Mariners was, Breaking that postseason drought, right? Like, they the, hadn't been in the postseason since 2001, uh, and that wasn't a great postseason for them back then either. Getting so caught up in that and putting so much energy into making the playoffs, finally breaking that drought, just, just to have this kind of go about like, oh, well, I, we finally broke the drought. That, that's good enough for us. Because, unfortunately for Seattle – and their fans, that has kind of been the M.O. there for the last 20, 25 years. Yeah, Bo, you're talking about scary things, and you mean outside of their own general manager? Yeah, absolutely. Um, scary enough as he is, which um, it's the funny thing about him. You know, he's, he just can't help himself, and he has to make trades. And here we are already. They address in a trade exactly the two things you guys have talked about, but not necessarily in the positive way. We've got the, the trade for... Oscar Hernandez, which is great. Awesome. You've added some pop. You know, there's there's already some decent pop, but you've added another bat. Now Phil Bat. And so Seattle's offense is going to be improved. 
But then you get rid of Eric Swanson, and I can't. I can't with this. I can't. I mean, this is this was one of your lockdown bullpen guys. It's, he won 168 ERA over 57 games. I mean, I, I know this isn't a big saves guy or anything, but, but still, this is a guy that you could trust in the seventh, eighth inning to come in when you needed to get your team out of a jam, and he was doing that. And now he's pitching for a team, like you mentioned, Samantha, who you will be directly competing with for those wild card spots. Yeah, see, I, I, Samantha, I just, I've always had that sense uh, about Seattle. It, like, you know, the late 90s were just an anomaly, I think. When they when they were competitive year in and year out, and and they were doing the things that you do to stay competitive year in and year out, I have not seen that from Seattle since that two thousand one season. Yeah, and they just seem. I mean, I think you can take it back even further than that because they didn't get anywhere. They again, they embarrassed themselves in the postseason there. But like, yeah, if you go back to the late nineties, like, yeah, that they, they seem to function just like every other sort of well-constructed team that had money and that most of the talent was homegrown. They filled it in by paying people. Like, they just seem kind of lost now. And, I mean, we can all laugh at Jerry and Irby, like, you're right. Like, I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, trading Swanson away to your direct competition for a wild-card spot seems incredibly foolish. But, like, they just, they just do stuff. You know, I mean, this has always been the, the knock on them, right? They're just doing stuff. Like, oh, when, oh, I'm bored today. Let's make a trade. And you're like, how is this making your team better? Like, I just feel like they're going to flounder around. And all of a sudden, they're going to find themselves looking up at both Houston and Texas in their division and find themselves way out of the wild card. And it's like, well, <laughs> what a waste. I mean, you want to be the next Anaheim? You're going to condemn Julio Rodriguez so that the same faith as poor Otani and Trout. Have uh, <laughs> a little left down, but not much. <laughs> Irby, anything else you want to add here before we uh, we skip on over to the NFL? No, just that. I mean, I appreciate Seattle keeping even. You know, Seattle and the Angels both. You know, it's it's a time of Thanksgiving. I'm thankful that they just continue to be themselves in the way trading, the way pitching, or in Seattle's case, you know, trades just for the sake of making a trade. All right, so um, Samantha, this week, of course, we're going to uh, take a look at these Thanksgiving Day matchups. Uh, a reminder: we are recording this the night before Thanksgiving, so uh, it seems like a good idea to to talk about the games that are happening uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Let's start. We're going to go in order, so let's start with the Bills at the Lions. Uh, Samantha, I you know we've talked about the Bills. A lot on this program, um, but I, I think maybe we should start to, I don't say start because I think we talked about this earlier in the season, but things have not gotten better. Let's put it that way. Things have not gotten better on the injury front for the Buffalo Bills. It's, it, how much of a problem is this becoming? Yeah, I mean, this is rough. I Part of the problem is I don't think they expected or any of us really expected that division to be as tight as it is. So they're certainly, I think, contending with a, a lot more push from underneath from the other teams in the East than, than anybody thought that they would be. But they've also had, I, I'm not going to call it catastrophic injury problems because catastrophic would probably mean Josh Allen was just out. But, you know, Allen is not 100% um, and it shows. Uh, <laughs> he has right. 
we have seen that. I mean, I, I've heard some ridiculous assessments. Oh, he's regressing on his accuracy. It's like, well, you know, he has a really, really like effed up UCL. Like, I, this is not a regression; it's an injury. But they also have a ton of injuries on defense, so they've been able to kind of weather this so far. But it is affecting them because the talent level on this team, like even if we're like, okay, the Jets are better than we thought, the Dolphins, the Patriots, whatever, the Bills at full strength are still the best team in that division. Mm -hmm, They should mm -hmm. still be significantly ahead of the competition. And the fact that they're not tells me that this is a concern and it's going to continue to be a concern because we still have this injury issue. It's been going on for weeks. They lost two of their last three. You know, I mean, they're okay. Those are tough matchups. I fully expect they'll win the division, but... You know, it's it's looking like a much more of a slog than we were anticipating, and it's because they have a lot of critical people in and out of the lineup pretty regularly. I always get a kick out of these these quarterbacks when they when they get a baseball injury, and like NFL fans just don't seem to understand <laughs> what that, that quarterback's dealing with. Regression? No, he's got a bum elbow. Let's let, let's call it what it is. Irby, how about you? Any thoughts on this one? It's two teams that are having, like, don't panic. That, that, that really is the big thing here. We, we, you are 10 games in, in a 17-game schedule, in a season, and then I'm talking about Buffalo here, obviously, in a season where regular season means jack squat. This is all about January. This is about getting to that game in February and winning that game. So take your time. Figure things out. Work different, you know. I mean, I, 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 this is a, this is a, a marathon. I mean, we, we we can bring the baseball reference in here for Buffalo. This is a marathon. Get healthy. Get ready for the next step, because it doesn't matter if you win the division or not. Yes, you would love to play the home games. Sure, absolutely. But you've got bigger fish to fry, and that is understand your whole roster. Get everybody involved. I, I, I I'm not concerned about Buffalo. It's a hiccup. It's a hiccup. Yeah. All teams that win Super Bowls have hiccups. Mm-hmm. Okay. Detroit, on the other end, man, this is fun. This is great. Three-game winning streak. You know, it's well-deserving. And the best part for Detroit is as they continue to win games, their first-round draft pick continues to get better because the Rams can win games. So the Lions, this is perfect. Like, your youth is getting better, and you're going to have a top draft pick. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Well... Samantha, let's talk about those Lions because uh, you know, as Irby mentioned, three three game winning streak. Let's break them up. They're they're at four game four wins now. They're four and six. Uh, they just dismantled the Giants in New York, which you know what? I'm not going to take anything away from the Lions. I'm just not going to. I, I I think the Giants have been soft. I think they they were one of the softest winning teams in the NFL. But I'm not taking that away from the Lions. Uh, how are we feeling now? Now that we're halfway through the season, over halfway through the season, they're starting to put together a nice little run. Five wins, six wins, seven wins. I mean, all of that is possible, and that would exceed the preseason expectations of this team. They may have actually exceeded already. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird year because as much as I want to be excited about this and I want the Lions to do well, and, you know, we all love Dan Campbell and it's hilarious to see them in like second place in their division. And the fact that they're not out of the wild card conversation just doesn't say anything good about the NFC, but I'm not sure. I think this is a good thing for Detroit to go on a run like this because 
two things. Number one, you need draft picks. Your roster does not have anywhere near the level of talent that it needs. So playing over your own head right now, they're a well-coached team, they're very motivated, there are some guys, but they have a lot of holes in that roster. So the higher you're drafting, the better. The other problem is, is you don't want to get stuck in like the Jared Goff feedback loop where it's like, oh, he looked like he was good enough. Guess we don't need to draft a quarterback. We'll just re-sign Jared Goff. And it's like, guys, man, we know how this goes. Like, So I'm not sure it's a good thing for the Lions to do. I think we want them to do well enough. But I, I think we all know that you know the organization believes in Dan Campbell and that coaching staff. Like, They're going to be around. And it, I don't know that like picking in the middle of the round is going to help you. I mean, yeah, you got the Rams pick. That's, that's helpful. The Rams suck. That was an unexpected bonus, but you have a lot of holes to fill on that roster. You got a lot of work to do. So I don't know if I think it's a good thing for the Lions to go on some sort of run here. Irby, anything you want to add to that before we get into, before we actually pick this game? Oh, no, just that I 100% agree. Like, as much fun as it is to watch this, this, this is a team that needs to be focused on the future. Um, this is the one where uh, I, I say it all the time about my teams when they're in that rebuild mode. Um, when it's like, how do you want them to play? I, I want the youth to play. I want them to develop. I want them to be competitive. And then when the game's on the line, just fall a little bit short. So that you feel good about we were in this game, man, we can compete, but you're taking the losses and you're getting that brute draft pick. Because I 100% agree this Lions team, what you kind of got here, what you're starting to build, two top ten draft picks would be another huge boost. And I say that with looking, you know, not fixed, but what the Jets did and, and what they were able to get with Sauce Gardner and, and Garrett Wilson. Not saying you would do the same thing, but look at what two things can automatically do. That would be great for Detroit next year. All right, let's pick this one. Who do you have here, Samantha, Bills or Lions? Oh, the Bills. Um, I, I think this is going to be more interesting game than theoretically it should have been <laughs> uh, coming into this season. But and, and I hope it is. I hope the Lions equip themselves well, especially because it's Thanksgiving and you want the Lions to do well there. But ultimately, the, the Bills are still the better team, whether they are beat up or not. <laughs> Irby, how about you? Uh, yeah, same thing. Second place Bills beat the second place Lions. You just wanted to say second place Lions. I see what you're doing there. I did. Samantha did it too earlier. It's it's great. It's awesome. Right, Green Bay? Right, Green Bay? Packers fans, hello? Anybody there? No? No? Uh, Yeah, you know, I I, I think they stopped listening. The second that someone says second place Lions is when they tuned us out. That's okay, though. That's okay. We have other fans. Giants are at the Cowboys. This game... Looks it's right now it's 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 it I, I I guess the best way to sum it up is it looks better than it did before the season started. Um let's start Samantha, let, let's start with the Giants ground game against the Cowboys defense. This is of course a Cowboys defense that two weeks ago gave up two hundred yards to the Packers and then last week gave up basically nothing to a red hot Minnesota Vikings team. Now I I wanna say this before we get really into the matchup here about these Cowboys they're not as it, the, what you saw last week was the ceiling. The Packers game, I think, was the floor. We're going to wind up somewhere in the middle between those two for most of these matchups going forward. But let's talk Giants ground game. Giants took a another hit to their wide receiver core. Uh, they desperately need 
Odell Beckham now. Um, not sure that's going to happen. But does it? Does that? Do you, do you think that's going to put more of an emphasis here? Uh, like they're going to have to use that ground game more than they were maybe planning to before they they lost another wide receiver. Well, the thing that's weird about the Giants' ground game is that like a lot of that yardage, actually most of that yardage, is Daniel Jones mm-hmm. running. Mm-hmm. It's not Saquon Barkley. So, which is not because Saquon can, it's because I think they kind of correctly like realize that like this is not a particularly durable guy. So they're using him sparingly, but they're using him kind of too sparingly. So it's a little bit of a different challenge um, going up against Dallas because it's really the quarterback who's picking up most of those yards on the ground. So the question is, you know, can Dallas basically stop a rushing quarterback, um, which is something that I think theoretically, yeah. But for the Giants, I don't know that you can necessarily lean on the ground game because Saquon's not a grinder, and, and Daniel Jones is your quarterback can't be your whole ground game. This is the same problem Buffalo ran into. They're going to get him killed. So that's not necessarily the correct answer to this, I think. But they and they do need help in the passing game. I mean, if there was ever a team where you could make a great argument, like sign Odell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he left there on bad terms, but guys, he leaves everywhere on bad terms, right? Like this guy has a fit and gets himself traded, and then he has another fit and gets himself traded again. And like man, now he's like the mercenary version of LeGarrette Blunt. You know, whoever signs him is going to the Super Bowl and then he'll go somewhere else. You know, he plays half a season. Whatever, cool. Um also um look Odell, yeah, it worked for the Rams. It worked. I don't know that that's necessarily going to be true going forward. So I I would be careful if I were the Giants, um, how much I invested in that. But probably you're not really going to have to invest that much. So, like, why not try it? So it's a little bit of money, which will be contained within the framework of the salary cap this season only. So you're not exactly damaging your future prospects. So, like, I mean, why not? Like, there's no one to throw to. I mean, sooner or later, you're going to have to develop a passing game. And I I think what's going to happen here is I think that weakness is going to get exposed going up against that Dallas defense, which might sort of propel them into action on this front. Well, I don't think there's any question they want to sign him. But... The other team, the, the team they're playing, the Cowboys are also in on, on, mm-hmm. on Odell Beckham. So it, it may not be as, so, as simple as, yeah, we're, we're willing to sign you. Yeah, but I'm already I'm already signing the contract here in Dallas. And well, Wouldn't you rather go to Dallas? <laughs> I would. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely I would. Absolutely I would. You know, <laughs> you got a better shot at winning with the Cowboys than you do the Giants. I mean, unless you want to go to the Eagles or – some of these other teams uh, that, that have maybe even a better shot at winning the Super Bowl. But absolutely, I think I'd rather go to Dallas and the Giants right now. Irby, how about you? Any thoughts on, on any of this? We could talk you know, Cowboys defense, Giants round game, or Odell Beckham, or all three. You know, what you got? I Good stuff. First of all, Samantha, thank you for throwing out the LeGarrette Blunt. I appreciate that. You know, earlier this week we talked in Dominic Sue's kind of the Fernando Rodney. LeGarrette Blount, another great one of just, yeah, he just appears and wins the Super Bowl. So great. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, the, the angle I want to take on this, and this is unfortunate for um, the Giants, but I think it's over. Look, I, I see the record, and, and I know what, what you've got, and, 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 and that Daniel Jones has taken steps forward and, and Saquon, but what the Lions just did to you, Dallas is going to do and make it worse. 
and that's a problem. And, 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 and the reason behind this is the injury concerns because you don't have an offensive line anymore. They're all hurt. I said, I'm oh, sorry, right guard. That apparently the entire depth chart at right guard is healthy. So the Giants running through the, you know, that, that, that was a, a two, three gap are going to be perfectly fine. Outside of that, this is this is going to be ugly. I I, I that's I just when I'm looking at the when I'm looking at the 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 the, the run pressure and the and, and the pass. I mean, just the pressure period, run pass, whatever you want to say, with what the Cowboys can do, what they just did to Minnesota, and what the Giants are struggling with. I think this game's going to be ugly, and it's going to be Dallas's defense literally feasting on Turducken and Daniel Jones. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess, Samantha, to Irby's point there about the Giants, this is a team that we've also talked about and where they are with these newfangled stats we call, we, we call the luck metrics. At least I think we do. That's what I call them. Uh, what are you making of where they're at now, uh, Samantha? I, 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 it, it, this is a Giants defense, for example, that isn't all that good, and that's kind of funneling where they're at within these luck metrics, is it not? Oh, it absolutely is, because part of the reason why they rank so high, um, uh, in terms of, you know, the luckiest teams, because they're top five um, luck, and then the reason for that is because of the number of takeaways that they've had, which is largely dependent on luck. I mean, we can talk about creating turnovers, sure, but recovering fumbles... The, the element of luck is huge in that. And if you're bad in every other valid defensive metric, but you're good at takeaways, that tells you something. That That's not going to hold up, right? You're not going to keep getting that lucky. So absolutely, that's what that is. So, and then, you know, Irby mentioned that the injuries to the offensive line, which is going to make it a lot harder for Daniel Jones to kind of do what he does. They don't have a lot of other weapons on the offense, so... They've been incredibly lucky. They're playing over their head. They're very well coached. So, I mean, good for Brian Dable. I mean, this team is going to get better if they draft well and if they're smart in the offseason. But, yeah, I mean, I think that teams that are both lucky and good in terms of roster talent, like teams like the Eagles, teams like the Cowboys, then, yeah, then the luck is just one more thing you can throw in there. But you're not dependent on it, right? Like, Dallas is not having a good season because they've been lucky. They're having a better season because they've been lucky. Same thing with Philadelphia. Yeah. Teams like Minnesota and the Giants, especially the Giants, probably more than anyone. Like, if you're only having a good season because you've been lucky, this is not to say they were going to be a terrible team, and certainly they're better than we expected because they are so well coached. But if luck is the biggest determining factor in your season being far better than it should have been, that is not something that's going to be sustainable. So those 11 win giants that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, mm, I don't know if we're going to get there. And I, I think, I think this yeah. is going to be very ugly. Well, I mean, obviously we're going to pick this. <laughs> I think the two of you have already kind of telegraphed how you're going to pick here, but you know, th- this is, this is, this is my job on the program. I have to ask this question. So Samantha, who do you have <laughs> giants or Cowboys? Oh, Dallas. Yeah, I think this is, as Irby mentioned, sort of where we start to see the the true unraveling of the Giants. You know, last week we could have said that's a fluke. Detroit's a little plucky, but I I think this game is going to go 
in a very, very similar way. And this is sort of the beginning of the end, unfortunately. Sorry, Giants fans. I wouldn't wish this on you guys, but uh, I don't think this is your year. Irby, how about you? Giants or Cowboys? Bo, you set that up well as like one of my times that I just sit here and suddenly like give you this weird random stat that makes total sense of why the Giants are going to win. And it would be perfect for Thanksgiving and... I don't have that stat this week. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> okay, but you know, just so everyone knows, he was traveling, you know, making the the drive into deep West Texas. So, you know, he didn't really have an opportunity to find this. Well, yeah, that's true. But the stat also doesn't exist. It's not going to be pretty. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> you know what? I'd I say what like, what's really maddening here, guys, is the obvious pick is Dallas. Right, that is the obvious pick here. I'd be surprised if anyone is picking the Giants, except the fact that Dallas, this is the kind of game that the Cowboys lose. A game that they need. A game that they need to stay relevant in the NFC East race, to stay relevant in the NFC playoff picture. They need this. You can't lose a game like this looking at everything else they have on their schedule. You can't lose this one. And this is exactly the kind of game that Dallas loses so i am also picking the cowboys i am but i will be eating my turkey watching the cowboys and i'm not going to be comfortable i wasn't comfortable with 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 the vikings game on sunday until until cbs cut away then i was comfortable yeah, I think that's a valid point. Um, I, the only thing that makes me feel better about this than I normally would is they just had their conquer two weeks ago against Green Bay. So we might be a little early on the, like, just Dallas not showing up type of game. So I think you're going to be okay. Um, but but I, I only say that because we just saw the, yeah. like, disaster game for Dallas. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. All right. Uh, the night game. Thanksgiving Day is Patriots at those same Vikings. Uh, so we're going to we're going to start here with the Patriots. Uh, Samantha, uh, say what you will about Josh McDaniels as a head coach, and there's plenty we can say. There's a lot, but he was a pretty good coordinator for the Patriots, and right now they really could. How much are they missing him right now in New England? Oh, so much. So much. Like, yes, Josh McDaniels is a disaster as a head coach, but he is a really, really good offensive coordinator. And what they're doing right now is just, I mean, look at Mac Jones. Look how much he's regressed. And I I think it's lazy to say, oh, he just outperformed metrics a year ago and he's really not very good. No, he's being completely misused. I mean, they're running this, like, vertical offense, which is pretty much exactly the opposite of what Mac Jones does well and, and what they need to do to be successful as an offense. It's like the play calling doesn't match the personnel. And what do we always say? Like you match your scheme and your play calling to the players you have, not the other way around because you can't afford to run a football team like that. And Mac Jones was fine. And now he just looks like a shell of himself and like he's clearly lost his confidence and he's being asked to, play a very different role than the one he was playing a year ago because a year ago this was the standard Patriots offense where essentially there's a lot of check downs a lot of crossing routes and you're looking for a quarterback who is uh let's say smart and accurate as opposed to particularly talented and athletic and now we're trying to run a vertical game 
That makes absolutely no sense. Not just with Mac Jones, but with any of the personnel that you have on that offense. So, yes, say what you will about Josh McDaniels, who is just a terrible disaster of a head coach. But he's a really, really good coordinator, and he's certainly good for the Patriots. And I fully believe, by the way, that he will be the Patriots offensive coordinator again next year. Because that's, you know, it's going to be just like, he's just going to go right back there after the, the Raiders fire him. And then everything will be fine. But, you know, it's, it's a little rough in the, <laughs> the interim here. <laughs> Irby, anything you want to add to that? I I don't know why you're saying next year. I don't understand how this can happen later this season. If New England keeps, you know, finding ways to win games and get in that playoff spot, Dick McDaniels might have to get let go. Like, can I get out of here so I can go join their playoff team? Like this, this may get done this season. I'll take it a step further. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Samantha, the, the, the one thing that we, we we talk about this at least once a year, um, we we get a matchup, you know, with the Patriots and somebody, and 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 we go on about how Belichick just likes to take out that one guy, right? Like like he he will pinpoint the player he wants to take out of the game. Now this is particularly dangerous for the Minnesota Vikings because Belichick has. Probably the best piece of film he's he's seen in quite some time because Dallas on Sunday shut everybody down. So now he can pick which one he wants to shut down and take a look at how Dallas did it. He's got everything he needs on one piece of film. That does not bode well for the Vikings. Yeah, it probably doesn't um, because, look, Belichick doesn't have the defensive talent to work with that Dallas does, but like you said, what he does is he's just going to take away your best thing and then he's going to make you beat him another way. And that's been good enough for the Patriots for a very, very long time and it's going to continue to be so. They're not going to beat up on Minnesota the way Dallas did, but they don't need to. It's going to take your best piece off the board. And like you said, he's got the best piece of film, all of it wrapped up and tied with a bow in one game. Thank you, Dallas, uh, (laughs) for essentially handing that to him because what he can do is go back through that and say, okay, well, the smart play is probably to take Justin Jefferson off the board, right? Maybe, maybe, or would you rather take out the ground game? And that's really more about what Belichick wants to do in terms of timing. Um, Are you more concerned about keeping the ball out of the offensive stance or are you more concerned with just shutting down their best offensive weapon? And we don't really know what he's going to do yet, but he has a lot of options and He's only got to watch one tape to do it. So, again, <laughs> thank you, Cowboys. <laughs> you, just, you just see Belichick like, no, no, no. I just need one piece of, I, I, just just that Dallas, it's all I need. It's all I need. Everything's on there. Everything's Talking on there. Talking to tape. his husky. Yeah, exactly. He's like looking over at the husky, you know, the husky that sits in the chair next to him during the draft. And be like, listen, buddy, we only have to watch one of these tonight. Good news. <laughs> Oh, boy. Irby, how about you? Anything you want to add here before we pick them? <laughs> I, no, the last thing is, is I'm very, very intrigued by this matchup um, just because it's New England for all the defaults, the, the headaches, the issues they have. You're one game out of first place. You're right there in the conversation. Um, and you've beaten you know the team below you, the Jets, you've beaten them twice. Like, you're, in, you're in actually not terrible position. And Minnesota is going to be desperate to get on the field again and prove that last week with Dallas was just a, yeah, it was just one of those weeks. It was basically a bye week. 
So I this this matchup of all the matchups, I'm very excited about this because of it just proved this is an opportunity for both teams to prove they are good and they are going to be a playoff team and they are they can make noise and, that, and not to anyone else, just to themselves. This is a big big game for both the teams to prove to themselves. All right, let's pick this one. Samantha, who you got here? Yeah, Irby's right. This is a really important game for both teams. Um, Minnesota, again, with the luck. They've been lucky. <laughs> I don't know. They also have a lot of talent, though. Um, but, I mean, one thing I would throw out there is we haven't seen, a, like, a true Kirk Cousins game in a while, you know, where he does something just, like, unbelievably buffoonish. So, you know, keep your eyes out for that. Um, look, I might get burned on this one, but I actually think New England takes this. I think Minnesota's just going to get out smarter than this one. <laughs> okay, Irby, how about you? Yeah, I love the, I love the outsmarting. Well, see, but Kurt Cousins is buffoonish. He's dancing around shirtless with ice on him. So he's doing his buffoonery on plane rides and not and not on the field. Is that can it now? No, that's not going to work. Um, I oh man, this is. Uh, I'm going to default to the home team and take Minnesota. I'm not confident in that pick at all. I just feel like, you know, I felt even more confident before last week when they only scored three points. But I feel like they can score. More, they're going to score more than three, and it doesn't take a ton of points to beat New England. So Minnesota, just because the offensive talent there is better is going to find a way to squeak out a home win, but I'm not confident in this decision at all. Uh, I'm also going to take the Patriots here. I'm agreeing, I'm agreeing with you, Samantha, and you know, all joking aside about uh, you know, Belichick, he's got he's got this one, one little piece of film. All, all joking aside, Dallas may have exposed that Minnesota offense just a little bit. On Sunday, I think so. Because, <laughs> because, like the way, because yeah. that was a lot of that. Yeah, Dallas has a talented defense, of course they do, but a lot of that was Dan Quinn, and a lot of that was the way he was scheming, the way he was stunting on that defensive line, the way he was mixing up his looks, he was mixing up blitz versus non-blitz, the way he was doing that confused Kirk Cousins, and enabled Dallas to just absolutely throttle. The Vikings, Belichick, as you mentioned, Samantha is 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 a very smart, defensive-minded coach. I think he could find those schemes within his talent base and other teams for the rest of the season. Will as well. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm glad you mentioned the stunting because that was huge in that. And their Minnesota's offensive line just came apart. I mean, we could blame Kirk for some of it, but like most of those sacks were not on him. I mean, they just blew them up. And like you said, Belichick doesn't necessarily need the same level of talent to achieve similar results. He also doesn't need to run the score up that way. Like, (laughs) only got to get one more point than the other team to get a win. And that's pretty much how the Patriots do it. So... Uh, I think after blowing a 14-point lead to, to, to Aaron Rodgers, the Cowboys were just not safe at all with any lead. So they just kept going. <laughs> That's what happened. Oh, yeah. Well, I, they needed – they had to do that. I mean, Dallas, you had to. You got embarrassed by Green Bay. We could go, yeah, I come back and say, look, this was the Wade Phillips by week fluke game. We're fine. They had to. <laughs> okay. Um, so that, that's going to wrap up the NFL part of this. So we are now at our – uh, time capsule segment 
just a reminder, this is obviously new, so we're going to, we're, over the next few weeks, we're going to keep recapping what this is, so those of you playing at home understand what we're doing here. Um, we're taking an NFL team that hasn't done something in a while, and it's not always a Super Bowl. I know last week I start, I let us off with the last time the, the, the Redskins won the Super Bowl. It doesn't have to be the Super Bowl. It doesn't even necessarily have to be the playoffs. We're picking an NFL team that hasn't done something in a while, and we're taking a look at the pop culture of that year. And it's, it's going to cycle through. I went last week. Irby's going this week. He's going to be, he's got a, uh, a scenario for Samantha. And I didn't try to figure out, and he's going to give us some hints. We're going to try to guess these pop culture items that he has brought for us tonight. You, of course, listening at home or in your car on your way to Thanksgiving dinner. More than welcome to play along. Tweet us if you want to play. As you're playing along, you can tweet at us. Our Twitter handles are in that in that show bio. Um, the, the stipulation, of course, is we are only going back to it's 1980. That's as far back as we're going to go because we didn't want to go too far back. So, Irby, what do you have tonight? All right. Well, thank you, Bo. Yeah, it's fun to be on this side of it. Usually, I'm I'm on the one guessing because you're the the hostess with the mostest, but um, you guys always do great at this. So I'm going to try and pull this off here, but uh, I'm going to go with, um, you know, it's been fun. Um, well, fun for everybody outside of the state of Colorado to, to talk, you know, it's been kind of weird and fun to watch with the, the, the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, when they go all in and sometimes it doesn't pay off and, and, and I'm going to pick a, a Denver Broncos team that was seated number one. I know they have a couple Super Bowl titles, but we're not talking about that. I want to talk about that 1989 going into the 1989 Broncos, but we're not worried about 1989. We're worried about when the calendar flipped, and it became 1990. And those Broncos found their way through the postseason, and they got to a Super Bowl, and things went really, really, really bad. And it feels like the Broncos are trying that again. Definitely not at the Super Bowl level. But things are going really, really bad for Denver as they've gone all in again. Ooh, 1990. 1990. See, so, Samantha, you see what he's doing, right? He, he's trying to get us to crisscross between the 80s and 90s by going 1990 because there's, there's, there's some fudgery between 1989 and 1990 that makes it difficult to, to pick between the 80s and the whole- 90s. I think this whole era is tough. Like everything that's between like 88 and like 92 or 93, like there's a lot of similarity in things yeah. like the style of music, the style of clothing, sort of what people, it, it's a little bit, it's tricky in there knowing whether it's even which decade it is when you get towards the end of the 80s or the beginning of the 90s. Very tricky. Yeah. Well, and I can help you guys out a little just to kind of get your mindset, you know, get your mind right. You know, think back to when, you know, because we were all alive, we were all kids here. Um, I, I, Granted, I was totally different mindset during all this because I was a 49ers fan, and that was a good game. That was a good Super Bowl. That was a lot of fun. But if you're a Broncos, it wasn't so much. So fun. I mean, just kind of put your mindset of the Broncos. So this was their fourth Super Bowl appearance in 13 years. Uh, yes, they went the dreaded 0-4. Um, the funny thing about it is, is all four of those losses, if you added up all the points that they scored from those four Super Bowls, it still wasn't enough points to have won that day. <laughs> in 1990 against the 49ers because they only scored 50 points in four Super Bowls. 
So that's why you lost four. Um, but but to kind of get continue, so so let's look at some worldly things before I really get you guys having to guess some stuff here. Um, in, in the year 1990, so Tim Berners-Lee created the first web server, and that was the foundation for the World Wide Web. Oh. Um, and it was also the year that we launched the Hubble Telescope. I know that's kind of old news now, but still, Hubble Telescope was a big deal. Hang on, hang on. Throughout the 90s and Question: uh, Was that was that with the broken lens that then had to be repaired, or was yes, that, or, yes, or was that the repaired lens? No, no, this was the launch. This was the initial <laughs> launch. So. Get that thing up there, and it's out of focus. <laughs> yes. So, all right. So, I, you know, being the the, the guy that I am, I'm kind of gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ease y'all into this, and and it might ease you, and it might frustrate you guys even more here. So, I'm actually gonna make you guys talk about the year 1990 and how well can you claim or can you identify other champions in the realm of sports Ooh. 1990 what happened in the world series okay 1990 that was the i know the twins won at 91 Right? So, didn't they go back-to-back, Samantha? Didn't they win 90 and 91? Uh, no. No? I, I know the answer to this, but I'm not going to say it yet. Um, we want to give you guys a little bit of an opportunity here. Um, but, no, uh, they did not. not the, um, the winner in 1990 was an NL team. Ooh. The other team, Minnesota though, was, was a back-to-back. Yeah, although they lost. So That's um, true. <laughs> it was a back-to-back, but it was a loss. <laughs> In there. Featuring, uh, there's a featuring here. manager, somebody who we spoke about a week ago in the awards segment. Well, and, and there's a fun theme here is, is you're going to start figuring out because we had a Super Bowl, 55 to 10. We got a World Series that went the minimum. That helps mm-hmm. you, both. Yep. Took it in four. Oh, 1990. Okay, so let's see. The San Francisco earthquake was, what, 89? So that, that was Giants A's. 90 was obviously the A's because we talked about Tony LaRusso last week. Right. So who did they, yeah, the, the A's did, lost this one. Who so. did they lose to in 90? Because that's 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 what that's what two years after Gibson. Hmm. Who did they lose to in nineteen ninety? That's that's a thought that's gonna fester. Well, it's going to drive you crazy here in a second, Bill. Samantha, you want to you want to go ahead? I think we've given everyone a whole chance. You want to you want to guess for us here, Samantha? Tell us who it is. Yeah, it's the Reds. It is the Reds of Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so continue. Maybe a little bit harder here for you guys, but can y'all identify the NBA Finals champ in 1990? Yeah. It was Detroit, wasn't it? Ooh. Yeah, Detroit. Because good job. Y'all, y'all remember who they beat? Um, the Portland, I think. Very good. Yes, in a kind of on the same theme here. Only took five games. Detroit won four games to one. So keep moving. Stanley Cup. Oh, I'm out. Anything? I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh that that was that was before my cup days. Um, ooh, it was good in the early nineties. 
Which conference? Was it West? Probably West. Well, see, that's what, back in the 90s, I can't remember who was here. I will tell you this. It, it wasn't pretty. It took five games. And this team won their fifth Stanley Cup in seven years. This was the end of that run. And they haven't done a darn thing since. Kind of works out great with what we're talking about with Denver, <laughs> Cincinnati, and kind of Detroit here. <laughs> Canadian or American team? Uh, it is a Canadian team. Okay. They had a pretty good hockey player on that team, and it's the reason why they won five out of seven. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, even... Okay. I know who it is, then. <laughs> hmm. I mean, assuming I'm, we're talking about the player that I think you're talking about. <laughs> the Maple Leafs? No, it was not. You want to take a stab there, Samantha? Is it the Oilers? It is the Edmonton Oilers. And some kid named Wayne was on that team. He was pretty good. Uh-uh. No, he was traded. Yeah, he was traded to the Kings by then. Yeah. Oh, so this would have been, was it what, Mark Messier was still on that team? That's who I thought you were talking about. Okay. Yeah, he would have been on the Kings well, there you by go. then, I think. Oh, mm. done. All right, so I'm going to give you two others. No, I'm going to no, give you three other fun there. little nuggets. <laughs> yeah, you got the hockey. You got the hockey question. I didn't. I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys three others because I like this this world champions. Um, um, well, I mean, just real quick. Hey, we're in the middle of the World Cup. Do you guys know what happened in the World Cup that year? 1990. Ooh. No, no. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened in the last World Cup. Uh, the World Cup champion was West Germany. Defeated Argentina 1-0. Interesting point because both of those teams continuing on our theme of choking here. Argentina and Germany not having a good last couple days. No. Um, (laughs) I heard about Argentina. uh, I did not hear about Germany. (laughs) uh, Germany lost to Japan 2-1, giving up two late, 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 late goals. So tough day for them. Um, Brazilian phenom Ayrton Senna won his second out of three F1 titles while driving for McLaren. A uh, fun little nugget here, too. Susan Butcher went on to win her fourth Iditarod dog sled race in five years. In 1986, she became the first woman to ever win the race and then went on to win four out of five. Great job, Susan. But, uh, Bo, this one's, these, these are definitely for you because, Bo, you're kind of our fan here of sports. Um, you're a big golfer, Bo. You like your golf, right? I do like my golf, yes. Yeah, in 1990, who was the USGA U.S. Amateur champ. In 1990? In 1990. Mm. That's got to be too early for Tiger Woods, right? Or is it? It is too early for Tiger it's Woods. Too, it's yes. too early for Tiger. I okay. know who it is. <laughs> Samantha, Samantha, you're cleaning my clock, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, 1990. Phil Mickelson, is it? Yep. It is. Well done, you two. Is it lefty? Lefty. Lefty. The U.S. Amateur champ. Um, Continuing with youth there, in the U.S. Men's Open, so the men, the U.S. Open, the Men's U.S. Open, tennis, crowned their youngest champion ever in 1990. Either of you have an idea who it is? Um... 
Well, I'm gonna. I have a guess. I don't know the answer to this, but I I have a good guess. You oh, you got anything it? before I throw her a guess out? I got a couple of guesses here. All right, so so Samantha, throw your guess, and Bo, you throw me yours. Pete Sampras. Bo, what do you got? That was not my guess, but I think she's right. Well, what was your guess? My guess was going to be Augustine Federer. Ah, no, this is definitely for Federer. But, but Samantha, <laughs> you are rolling tonight. Yes, 19-year-old Pete Sampras. <laughs> Man. <laughs> So, all right, one last sports nugget. Uh, boxing in the year 1990 had arguably one of the greatest heavyweight upsets in modern boxing. Mm. Oh, well, uh, ch- champion in 90 was Tyson, right? Well, at one point, yes, he was. Okay. At no- another point, 90-90, he did not. He was the loser in this bout. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Been, yeah, yeah, I know. I know, I know who it is. Who, I who, think. who beat Tyson in 1990? I should know this. Well, it's going to drive you crazy if you don't get it. Oh, I know it will. It always does. Who beat Tyson in 90? How long, how long was the victor the champion? Never again, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think he did defend. <laughs> no, he just didn't defend at all. Okay, yeah. but, but you know who he, you know who he is. Oh. You know, if I'm right about this, I'm like I'm pretty sure I know this, but I'm not 100. percent Who do you think it is? Buster Douglas. That's exactly who it is. Thank you. It's, that's a drive, it Buster Douglas that's a drive, with a tenth round KO. Oh, I should have known that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man. See, now, Samantha, since you were all nailing all these, I should have then thrown the Iditarod at you. Because that was a fun one. Oh, I would never have known that. I don't believe in the Iditarod. I don't like it. I think it's me. Um. Can I I just say how how happy I am that the rules of this game are not the same as Jeopardy? (laughs) Yes, true. That's true. Yeah. We get killed right now. (laughs) All right. So now that we've had our sports fun, because you guys kind of knew that I was going to throw an angle like that at y'all, let's do what we did last week also. Um, I'm more of a movies guy over music, so I'm going to make you do movies. Um, Top-grossing films. Anything in the top ten, I'll give you credit for. Okay, Okay. 1990 was definitely Doc Hollywood, I think was 1990. Um, Um, Home Alone. Alone. Let's go back to that again, except the the original Home Alone. The original Home Alone, yeah. Um, Pretty sure. Pretty Woman, right? I think. See, I thought that was um, 91. I thought Pretty Woman was. I, it's either 89 or 90. Um, I'm thinking, I'm almost positive Dick Tracy was this year, but I it don't know like if that actually made it. I don't even know if that made it money, though. Um, and what else? Uh, Die Hard 2, or was that 91? That, that I think, was 91. Hmm. Uh, what else? Um, I, I don't know why, but Rocketeer's in my head. I think that's later. I think you're right. I think it's like, like 94. Oh, what about... Um, oh, God, what's that goofy movie with the race cars? Um, Days of Thunder? Thank you. Yeah. Is that 1990? Possibly. 
possibly. One of the lethal weapons. One of the lethal weapons was nineteen ninety. I think that might oh, be two. Yeah, I bet you're right. I think lethal um, weapon two was nineteen ninety. What about Die Hard two? Wouldn't that be that year too? Or well, actually, I don't know. I would be year before. Maybe. Maybe. I, I I really want to think Die Hard 2 was 91. No, wait, no, it was 90. Because Die Hard 1 was 88, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so and yeah, 3 is way later. Way later. So, but they made 2. 2 was a standard sequel. It was pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking that yeah, we be right Yeah, Die Hard that. 2. Which means they probably released it around Christmas, so it's not the top grossing, though. Kind of like Aladdin from last week. Yeah, I bet you're right. So that, that may not be top 10, but it's on the list somewhere. I think what else? Gil Magnolias? Ooh, good pull. Uh, was that 90? Maybe? I don't know. Sometime around. This is the problem is I can think of so many movies that are like, I could nail it down to like a three-year range, but I'm not See, really yeah. sure it was this year. Was it, was it pretty... Because was it Pretty Woman Julia Roberts' like first major film? Or was yeah, that... it was her first big role. I think her first movie was Mystic Pizza, but right. I think I think and then but I think Pretty Woman was her breakout role. Right. And then Still Magnolias oh. follows. So Still Magnolias may be more like 91, 92. Yeah, they, they almost they have to go in that order. Yeah, because we already knew who she was. Yeah. So that's gotta be later. Right. Um God, what else? Um there's so many things like, I mean, it's two, I think Little Mermaid was the year before, right? I don't know if mm-hmm. we, we have a Disney this year. And Beauty and the Beast, I know, is 91. So there may not be a Disney. What about Super Mar- What about Super Mario Brothers? That awful, god awful, ugh, film that they I did. I don't think I saw that. I was thinking about that Ninja Turtle movie, but I think that was earlier. That was 91. 91 or 92. Oh, okay. I no, was thinking that earlier. I, 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 I no, no. more like 88. Yeah, no, the first one is, I'm thinking of the second one. And the second one actually might be 90. Oh. No, I think about it. Maybe. 91, maybe I 91. Know, I thought I was like six when I saw that movie, but maybe they're newer than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, as an adult, go back and watch them. They're they're quite obnoxiously wow. <laughs> are they bad? I, I had a they're feeling. Not- I was like, I feel like these are... They're not bad. Uh, they're actually fun to watch, but it's 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 very thick in nostalgia, and you're wondering like, what the hell was I thinking? Oh, that's right, I was eight. <laughs> oh well, and I think like it's like definitely one of those movies that hasn't aged well in terms of like what I mean. I'm using air quotes when I say it. It's special effects, uh-huh. like, and I and that Balt. Remember that Baltimore song that played. Like, <laughs> Throughout the movie, <laughs> it sounds like a Tarzan yodeling. Uh, <laughs> like all of my thoughts about Ninja Turtles, which is I'm pretty sure not even in this year. Um, but maybe the second one was I don't know. Now I kind of want to go back and watch them. And this is too late for the Wizard. I know you and I talk about the Wizard all the time. Oh so, God, yeah. The Wizard was before this. What about Little also, Monsters? I, I don't think I know what that is. Little Monsters. Uh, it's uh, Fred Savage. Um... Oh, I, I do know what you mean. I've never seen that, though. But, I, yeah, I know the movie you mean, though. Was that that year? I, maybe. It's possible. What else? I think... See, Turner was was like, okay, Terminator 2 is, like, 92, right? Mm-hmm. So it's too early for that. And I think Kindergarten Cop is later, too? Yeah, that's, like, 94. That's... That was, like, 94. 
I don't know. No idea. Um, Edward Scissorhands? Ooh, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Oh, well, I doubt that made a lot of money. No. I feel like that was a box office flop. When did Tim Burton really take off? Because that, that was that was that was one of his early was one of his early Yeah, films. that would have been one of the first like successful ones. Although I yeah. think that was one of those movies that was successful in spite of itself. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like that like no one thought was good and everybody liked it anyway. Um, I think. Hmm. I don't know. All right, I think you guys have done pretty good here. Oh, really? So, okay. So I'm gonna. Well, you've done, you've done good on some of these things you mentioned. Um, you've. I, I, I like where y'all are. You got four of the top ten. Ooh. Although you tiptoed okay. on one of them. You tiptoed on one of them. So you may get. You may decide to give you credit. We'll all decide here. Okay. Um. So some of the things y'all mentioned: kindergarten cop. Um, yes, that was actually a Christmas weekend release. Came out December twenty second, so didn't oh, score as high so because of that. Come in the following year. That yeah. was way earlier than I remember. Okay. Yeah. I thought uh, ninety two. Okay. Wow. Little Little Mermaid, but that was a November seventeenth release, so it only ranks as high as thirty first. Oh wow! So we're we're a year late. I was thinking Little Mermaid was the year before. Yeah. It's actually the end of the year. Okay. Okay. Um, weird thing. Out the exact same day, Steel Magnolias came out the exact same day as Little Mermaid, November 17th, 1990. Oh, so are we, are we wrong about Pretty Woman? Was that 89? Oh, no. Pretty Woman is in the top 10. Oh, yes. So it wasn't. No, I'm just going through the years because the ones that y'all threw out that didn't make okay. it. Uh, another one that y'all threw out that finished 12th, uh, Days of Thunder. Well done on that one. Nice. Days okay. of Thunder finished 12. Okay. So, your your top 10, uh, great job on the Dick Tracy. That finished ninth. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. I was obsessed with that movie. <laughs> I don't really know why, but I loved it. <laughs> one that y'all tiptoed a little bit, but I'm definitely giving you credit. Die Hard 2 finished 7th. Oh, Die Hard what? 2 was a July 6th release. Not a Christmas time release. But it's a Christmas okay. movie. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Well, God, I, people. I, I think this proves that Die Hard, the first one, is definitely a Christmas movie. But yeah, Die Hard 2 was released in July. July 6th. Mm. Hit that blockbuster. Um, <laughs> we'll, let's, let's decide if you guys get credit a little bit on number four, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I, March 30th, 1990. God, for some reason, I, yeah. I really thought, I, I yeah, I really thought I was like way younger. Yeah, I, th- I, I thought that, that like was, a lot younger. I thought that was eighty eight, and like the second one came out in ninety ninety one. That's what I thought. I don't. Yeah, know. I didn't. I thought we were like really, really little kids. Yeah. When the first one came out, so did or maybe I. I just felt like a really little kid because I went to see it in the theater. I was clearly too old for it. <laughs> You were four on the inside. By, by, by the way, you know, and you can feel free to at me on Twitter on this one. Um, but the original, the OG April O'Neil is my favorite. She had the right attitude. She had the spunk. There you go. She had the spunk to be April O'Neil. The other ones are just. <laughs> eh. like, hey, don't get me started on Megan Fox as April O'Neil. No, 
no, no, no. no. Yikes. No. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, third, number three, y'all did get this uh, crazy thing here. This goes along. I, and, and I want to throw in, too, that November weekend was crazy, apparently, in 1990. We already mentioned Little Mermaid, Steel Magnolias. Rocky Five came out that same weekend. Oh, I forgot about the and Rockies. also out that weekend, number three, the original Home Alone. Okay. How about okay. that lineup? Okay. Wow. See, Home Alone, Steel Magnolias, Little Mermaid, and Rocky Five, all the same week. See, that that was back in the good old days of cinema. We don't have that anymore. Right? Where you were where, where all of these district like the, all these distributors would take like these massively huge films and put they would actually stack them up and put them on the same weekend just to see how they did. We yeah, have, well that's yeah, we don't have that credit to credit to Home Alone coming out mid November. It still grossed hundred and forty three million dollars in that what? I wonder, I mean, half, so in a way weeks. that is your top grossing film, even though I know yes. technically you're saying yes. it's not, but it should be because if it made that much money in like a month and a half, like that's ridiculous. No. See, all okay. Right, all right. The other one that y'all guessed. Hang on, real, real Sorry. quick. I, and Irby, I, I know there's because you know I just I just did this last week. There's no way to know like how it like, like how quickly that money came in. But I'm curious. The original Home Alone, unless they marketed it well, unless that trailer was everywhere, how much of that was word of mouth? How much of that was people that that went to the theater, saw Home Alone, and said, "You guys have to see this film." I'm sure there's a little bit of that. It's also that it is a Christmas movie yeah. that that helped with the Christmas season. But sure. yeah, 143 million of its 285 million came in those first seven weeks. So well done there. Wow. All right, Pretty Woman. You guys threw out Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman finished second. So well done on that. Well done on the Julie Roberts. The other top tens that y'all didn't hit. Uh, number ten, Back to the Future Part Three. That was oh, 1990. Yeah. I saw that. I thought that was late. May 1990. Number eight, Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, God. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, you guys were tiptoeing with some Schwarzenegger, but you didn't get this one. Total Recall. Oh. Oh. See, now, now I'm upset because I should have got, I should have okay. thought of that one. I didn't, I didn't dip into my, into my Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've never actually seen Library. that, but I oh. should have known that was around that time. Yeah, that, that okay. was definitely 1990. Everything about um, it was 1990. It was, it was half yeah. 80s, half 90s. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Number five, this is one that I threw out maybe earlier in the week to Samantha just to find out that she hasn't seen this movie. That's okay. The Hunt for Red Oh, now I, I was going to say, now I know what it is. Uh, <laughs> yep, what was it? Seen that one. Um, the Hunt for Red October finished fifth. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that would be around then. Okay. So all right, so all we're missing is number one. one. Oh, my God. Number one. Can you give oh, us yes, a hint? Yes, yes, yes. So this movie was released in July, mid-July in 1990. It would, uh, if we're going to go genres, it is a drama romance. I'm a romance. Uh, I'm a romance. God, am I not going to know there? I, I no, you guys I, are going to know this. Everything I can think of is more like comedy romance. <laughs> um, like when Harry met Sally. Um, that's not a drama. Um, 
Wait, is this like a sad movie drama or like yes. a suspense drama? Oh, sad drama. Sad drama. I'm just, I probably have never seen it. Um, I don't it's, know. It's difficult. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think what else to do. Cause if I throw out the main people, you're going to get it. Can you give us a supporting cast? Um, give us another movie that the main people were in. Oh, okay. That works too. Let's do that. Oof. Or one of these people or something. Um. Um. Uh, so the, the, the main actress in this movie would have some kind of relational commitment connection with the Die Hard movies? Oh, so to me more. And the main guy in this... I know what the movie is. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy Moore. <laughs> I've never seen this movie, but I, I know what it is. I think. The main guy. Hmm. You know, at some point, this guy, he liked to surf. And he liked to surf with somebody that ended up in the Matrix. Oh, it's Ghost. He was, Yeah. There you go. Oh, I, was gonna say, I was like, oh, this guy was See, one of the greatest, like, <laughs> stupid action movies ever in Roadhouse. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I was trying to think. It's like, I couldn't do anything with Roadhouse. Or, or, or I was like, man, if I do this, it would be too obvious. Like, yeah. yeah. I almost went, I almost went he, he kind of was a Chippendale. <laughs> you know, that I wouldn't have done. Yeah, you, you sold me on Point Break. Yeah. Um. Point Break. Yeah, yeah, there point you break. go. Well done. Point Break or Roadhouse. Um, that was a good pick. Um, Ghost was 1990. Like I feel old now. Wow. <laughs> July 13th, 1990. Wow. You can see why that would be number one. Really? I think so. I thought that was just a movie that like middle-aged women saw. Wait, look at the cast of Ghost. You, you, you had Swayze, you had Demi Moore, you had... I know, but isn't it Whoopi like... Goldberg was in Goldberg. that. Isn't there a dead lady like banging a ghost in a, like in a pottery studio or something? <laughs> isn't that the whole point of that movie? Like, I thought that was for middle-aged women who were divorced. I have just been... There was a lot of... There, there Sorry. Were, oh. th think about what else was around at that time. You had that, that weird series called what 30 something was this weird ass series we had there was a lot of this stuff going around in the in the, in the early 1990s late I 80s i don't remember this probably because my mom didn't watch stuff like that so we never saw it oh, my it mom wouldn't have been interested it was out there yeah well you also had the, like the growth of the brad pack in the 80s with saint elmo's fire i mean like, that was that was the type of movies like that's like a different animal though i was thinking more of like beaches all those bat midler movies because the girl who lived across the street from me and her mom loved those and my mom thought they were stupid uh, <laughs> ghost ghost wow I don't think I could have told you the year for that one. Like some of them, you're just like, oh yeah, of course. I don't think I could have pinned that down to 1990. But I think it's it's a little difficult when you haven't seen the movie. I'm surprised that was the number one movie. But oh, you're right. There was a lot of that going around. There was a lot of it going around. It's a weird face for that for like weird peer jerkers for adult women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Basically, every everything that's on Lifetime now was a big hit in 1990. Oh no. Oh no! I'm glad I was too young to know about this, and I was just like home alone. 
or you know, if you're lucky, you get to stay up past your bedtime. Die Hard too. Uh, you know, <laughs> glad I missed his face. You know, <laughs> we joked on Twitter about the Slugger's wife. Same mo earlier. I think that was like the. I think that was an '80s movie. But I don't know what that is either. Though. Same mo. Oh, that's a it's a fun movie. I think I think actually I think that might actually have been one of uh, it's, it's either one of or the first film that Rebecca DeMornay ever did. Oh, that's why we were talking about that because last week we were talking about Hand the Rocks the Cradle. That's yes. right. Yes. Okay, because Rebecca DeMornay, right? Because I'm afraid of her. <laughs> <laughs> because of that movie. <sighs> Poor Rebecca. Sorry about that. She, you did too good of a job, um, and then I was terrified of you for the rest of my life, just like I'm so afraid of Jack Nicholson. Uh, <laughs> Because of the shining. So one last one I'll leave you with, um, one that y'all probably, you would have liked to have gotten as a good honorable mention that came out that year. Did not make the top 10 grossing because it was late in the year, but ended up grossing over $184 million. That was one Dances with Wolves. Oh no, worst movie ever. Awful. (laughs) Awful. Worst movie ever. I can't believe people show that to kids. I can't believe they thought it was necessary to do that. Like, two thumbs down. I can't believe Kevin Costner did it. If you want, there's a whole other round of those coming out now. I'm a little mad at Costner. (laughs) I can't believe man. He did Terrible judgment. Terrible judgment. Awful. Awful. I love you, Kevin Costner, but, like, just worst movie ever. Just, like needlessly cruel and depressing to the audience like absolutely hate it and that like, was old yeller for grown-ups and that was when that was when kevin costner was in his prime too yeah he didn't need to do that like or or you could have just written it differently how about that like how about you don't just like needlessly oh my gosh i, I don't even want to say it because i don't want to think about it <laughs> uh, but like awful awful ugh. film yeah oh, two thumbs oh. down zero zero stars out of five Oh, can we, can we can we can we actually get negative stars? Like 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 you're like, like, like more like a negative yeah. eight. Negative eight, negative eight, <laughs> negative eight out of zero for that film. Uh. <laughs> exactly. Well, now I feel bad for bringing it up for you, poor guys. Sorry, yeah, you, you triggered that. You should. Yeah. should. Now we both have trauma. Jeez, man. Uh. <laughs> You know, ghosts we could have handled. You know, dead lady in a pottery studio. We were okay with that. Hey, okay, okay. Just, just, just to spin this around, Irby, is the movie The Abyss on your list anywhere for 1990? Oh, uh, it was a 1989 release. Damn. See, this, oh. I knew I was yes. going to run into this. Okay. 89 okay. and 90 are so alike. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. That was, was hard to. Yeah. It, that's what was fun when I was actually setting this up is because I and you saw I started this whole segment by deciding on 1990. I went back and forth between 89 and 90. Um, plenty of good stuff uh, because of the the wanting to make you guys go through all those fun sports information and uh, champions. That's why I decided on 1990. So that was the abyss. We would have been discussing that. <laughs> That's a great movie, The Abyss. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's a, that is a good movie. I like mm-hmm. that movie. I haven't seen that in like a really long time. It's been a long time, time, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Herbs, what else you got for us for 1990? No, that is it. That's, that's it. I don't, I don't want to keep you guys too much longer. I think movies, you guys know me. I'm not a big music person. I, I, I'm a movies and sports, so I figured that was enough fun mm-hmm. stuff to make you guys go through, and y'all did pretty good there. You did pretty good. You got everything. Samantha, definitely some 
some nice long three pointers there with some of my random sports trivia. Well done. Did you pull in any music at all? Because I'm willing to bet you that not a steak bet because I'm still very much deficient on you know how much actual beef I owe you guys. Um, but I you know I'm, <laughs> I'm fairly confident that because Pretty Woman was so high that the title track of Pretty Woman, which was um, it's, for, it's a song by Roxette. What was it, what was it, what was it called? Uh, it must have yeah, been love. That, I, yeah, it must have been has, love. That has one. And that but has to. It's, it's got to be. I'm pretty be. sure it was number two. Because I, yeah. I know what you know what number one was this year. I I don't. Hold on by Wilson Phillips. Oh. See, you know what, guys? Forget Dances with Wolves. That is a perfect way to end this. Y'all just went one two there at the end. Yes. <laughs> number one, hold on, Wilson Phillips. Number two, it must have been love. Roxette. Well done. Good job. Well, like like a good Formula One team. Y'all just went one two. All right. So we are not like Max. Neither one of us is Max or Saturday this weekend. We are good teammates, Bo. Yeah. Long distance high five. Long distance. <laughs> All right. Well, great stuff, Ruby. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. I really, I, you know, this is, this is going to be a fun segment, I think, over, over the course of, of, of the rest of the uh, NFL season. Um, anyway. All right. That's going to do it for us, though. We're out of here. Until next week, watch some football. It's football weekend. We've got college rivalry weekend. We've got the NFL on Thursday, on Sunday, on Monday, and even more games on Thursday than we're used to. So watch watch some football. It's good for you. Something else is good for you. Give Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a review. Leave us a review. Reach out to us on Twitter. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a happy Thanksgiving.